The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good evening. How's the sound? Is that is that okay in the back? Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, this is the first of a five-week series that I'll be uh, teaching, and and the topic of the series is um, samadhi, uh, usually translated as concentration. Um, and when I woke up this morning, the, the first thought was like, oh, I'm you know, going down to IMC this morning. And then I said, what am I going to talk about? And then I said, oh, right, it's samadhi. And I just felt so happy. You know, it's, um, I consider this topic, this, this aspect of mind, um, you know, one of the jewels of this practice, one of the things that um, uh, makes it very special. And uh, so I'm just happy to be able to share what I think about it. And uh, um, I hope, I, you know, I hope that um, this series, this class, will, will veer much more towards the practical than the theoretical. You know, there's a lot of interesting theory, there's a lot of interesting um, study that someone can do about samadhi, about concentration. Um, that said, uh, it's, you know, it's like having a great meal, you know, and you look beautiful and all this stuff, and it's a great idea, and it's good for your health. And, but if you don't eat it, you know, it doesn't really, um, it's not so, uh, you're miss, we're missing out on the best part. You know, so to really taste the samadhi for ourselves is, um, you know, is, uh, anyway, is what's special about this. And uh, the great thing about samadhi is that um, every single one of us in this room has the capacity to uh, develop this aspect of mind, to deepen this. So it's not like uh, you have to be some kind of adept or some kind of... Uh, you know, it takes a, it's like an Olympic ice skater or something. It's, you know, it's very, very accessible. And then, um, like any skill, like anything that, you know, there's just like a lot of interesting things in the world to learn. You know, it's like, you could play piano, you could, you know, you could learn a sport. Like I'm learning Tai Chi now. It's very interesting. You know, it's, it takes a lot of practice. There's a lot of, you know, forget things, and it's hard. You know, my muscles aren't used to it, so I spend a lot of time strengthening my legs. And, and so that's just to say um, the, um, the, um, how deep you go with samadhi, how deep you go with this, is in a large part dependent on what your goals are and how motivated you are. Um, so I, I hope that at least with this first talk to kind of put it in context a little bit will be to encourage you and um, you know, give you some sense of, of how samadhi fits in to uh, 
this, the larger practice here and, and what it might offer. And then to kind of play with it and explore it and see, you know, what, um, you know, what makes sense for you and, and what inspires you. Um, there's this uh, line that I really like that says, um, the best way to learn is to do and the worst way to teach is to talk. You know, so, <laughs> but I think it's really true, especially for something like this. So what I wanted was to do a brief introduction and then jump right in with another meditation that will be guided and that can kind of give you a sense of um, how to enter into this practice, how it might be a little bit different than if you've just been doing the kind of um, you know, the mindfulness practice, the vipassana practice, the way it's taught here, it's beautiful. It's, um, it's very profound. It's, um, and it's slightly, di- you know, it can be slightly different from when you have an f- emphasis on concentration. So to do, so to kind of set it up and then go right into uh, a short guided sit and to kind of give you a sense of how you might guide yourself um, in doing the concentration practice. I mean, we see how it goes, but that's why the, the first sit was a little bit shorter. Um, so that I saw that, uh, I think it's this weekend, Ed Brown, who is uh, a Dharma teacher in San Francisco with his Zen Center in San Francisco, is, is speaking on Saturday morning up there and I got an announcement about it. And it reminded me of this story that Ed uh, tells, or has told, I've heard him tell it once, that when he was uh, a student practicing at Tassajara, uh, you know, he was a young monk, Tassajara is a Zen monastery in, uh, near Big Sur. And there was some conflict in the kitchen and he was quite upset about it. And he went to talk to the teacher, the Suzuki Roshi, the, uh, the abbot of Zen Center. And, you know, he was probably agitated about it. He was explaining, you know, why so-and-so was doing something that wasn't so good. And Suzuki Roshi uh, paused and said to him, um, if you want to see virtue, uh, you have to have a calm mind. And I remember when he told that, and I said, what? You know, he's not, he doesn't respond to this. You know, he's turning it back on him. He says, you're saying you're seeing something that's not so good about someone. Um, If you want to see what's good, um, you need to have a calm mind. Um, If we want to uh, see goodness, if we want to see clearly then um, uh, we need a mind that itself is not agitated. Um, a, a mind that itself is calm, is, has some degree of peacefulness. Um, you know, the analogy that's often given to this is water. You know, when water is really frothed up and really agitated, um, we can't see, you know, 
inside. But when, when the pond is perfectly clear, uh, perfectly still, you know, you can see through it. Um, and so for us, the relevant piece here is that just this very simple observation that what we notice, um, uh, what we perceive, um, is itself conditioned. You know, it's like... Um, I know for myself, when I'm driving, and if, if I'm late for something, and I'm anxious about being late, and, you know, often late, and, you know, trying to, I live in San Francisco, and getting across the city can often take a long time, and it's like the mind gets very small, and then everyone is like a, an obstacle to kind of, you know, and it's like, why is that person going to, you know. Um, when I allow a lot of time and a lot of space, I'm going to come down here, I just allow a lot of time. So I know I'm not going to be rushed. And then it's really pleasant. You know, and then it's like noticing the 280, how beautiful it is, the fog. And the, um, you know, so... You know, I think this is something we can we can all relate to the, the, the kind of the quality of our mind um, conditions what we see and how we see it. Um, so uh, I called this series of talks "Gathering the Mind," and this kind of gathering the mind is one definition of the the Pali word samadhi which is usually translated as concentration. Um, but I like this idea of this gathering, this um, collecting, steadying the mind, centering the mind. A concentration, in, in a way it's good, but in a way uh, samadhi is much more than just concentrating or focusing on something. It's, um, it's an active, dynamic state um, and, and what I also like about gathering is that to gather is in contrast to this kind of a scatteredness or fragmentation, which it, for many of us is, uh, you know, the default or the kind of, you know, that's what the culture promotes. That's what, you know, especially with, you know, the phones and the, it's, you know, it's... Um, it's, it's so uh, easy to be fragmented, multitasking. There's, you know, there's a number of things going on at the same time. I, um, you know, I, I have a daughter. I have two daughters, one who's two and a half, and then a, a baby who's seven months. My two-and-a-half-year-old, about maybe two or three months ago, she took one of her, um, you know, we have these wooden blocks, and she took one of these red blocks and she said this is my phone you're like okay and then she takes her phone with her everywhere you see her kind of swiping on it and we're just like oh no you know and we're pretty you know we don't we try not to let her look at screens and all this stuff um 
but still, it's so, it's so baked into the culture. And so this kind of fragmentation. Samadhi practice, concentration practice, is a way of actively um, countering that in, in a healthy way. It's like training the mind in the opposite of kind of just being pulled every way for every beep and new message and new thing and thought and, and to just simplify, 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 simplify. And you come back to one thing. Um, and uh, so anyway, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the instructions. But it's, it, it's a process of simplification. And one of the benefits of doing this is it can feel so wonderful because we don't realize the strain and the stress of being pulled in different directions. And um, that it, it reduces the enjoyment we have for any one thing when there's a lot of different things going on. It's, it's not always so obvious. But if you start getting into the samadhi practice, no, it's you know forgetting about any anything else. It's just the ease and the relaxation and the calm that can come from simplifying, uh, simplifying the mind, unifying the mind. Um, so the the more still. That the, so another definition for samadhi is stillness. You know, stillness, stability, um, letting the mind rest. So the more still the mind gets, um, the more um, clearly, the more accurately, the more sensitively the mind can perceive. And what the mind perceives is change. You know, when the mind is moving a lot, things seem really solid. Things seem really still. You know, the classic example of this is, I mean, at least in my, in my life, is when, when we're really tired and you're exhausted and, you know, you just feel like, you know, everything is just, you know, it's like, no, that'll never, you know, it's always going to be like this. It's like it has this, things have this heaviness, this solidity. Um, but when the mind is settled... The mind is very still. Um, we can see change. We can see how things actually are. And, and that's what the Buddha said. I mean, so, so in a way, it's like, you know, mindfulness practice, vipassana practice. If you think about mindfulness practice as having a goal, the goal is often described as, as seeing things as they are. You know, to see clearly. Vipassana, the word vipassana means to see clearly. So, so the Buddha said, uh, one who cultivates samadhi sees things as they are. Um, this is so intimately intertwined with the whole teaching of the Buddha. You know, um, to, to see things as they are, we need to develop and cultivate this this quality of samadhi. Um, you know, when we want to, you know, in, in, in the same way, 
when we want to strengthen the body and exercise the body, we move it around, you know, do exercises, do lift weights, this kind of thing. With the mind, when we want to strengthen the mind, um, we exercise it, we train it, but the way we train it is to keep it in one place. And um, the good news is that the mind, you know, sometimes the mind, the mind, the heart, so interchangeably used, is very trainable. It's it's malleable, you know, just in the way the body is. Um, uh, you know, the mind can be trained, and you know, uh, the classic example is you know having a puppy that's on a leash, and um, you know, we train we train our puppies. You know, like over time, they learn to stay, they learn to follow us, and we don't, they're not running off in different directions. So the mind is the same way. There's a, there's a kind of training that we can, um, that we can undergo or we can um, invite. And, um, you know, so, ju- so just to say that, that it's, it's, um, Every one of us can cultivate this and can, can deepen this. Um, so samadhi as concentration. Um, one of the words I like to use is, it's a little bit clunky, but it's this quality of undistractedness. You know, so... Um, the mind is not distracted. And when you think about it, um, not being distracted is a pretty broad term and can encompass various mind states. You know, so there's a kind of meditation when um, you just sit and focus on one object. You know, so in the, in the classical text, they talk about um, you know, staring at a candle flame or at like a colored disc called a casina. Um, you know, just to get into this very absorbed state. Um, the, the classical uh, form of training, the one, one that I would like to offer because it's the one I know, is working with the breath. You know, so you... you uh, you choose a place to... Uh, be with the breath and then let go of everything else and, and stay with that one object. You know, so that's one form of samadhi. But there's another kind of meditation where we're just totally open. We're open and we let everything come and go. You know, sometimes that's called choiceless awareness. Um, so the six senses, you know, the five senses in the mind. Um, Meditating in that way can also develop samadhi. You know, um, objects are changing, but the mind is still. Um, but the, so, the, so this idea, what 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 has what's in common with these different styles of meditation is this idea of undistractedness. The other way I think about it is it's continuous contact, continuous contact with the object. Um, it's like um, 
one example that's often used is is if you want if you have a big pot of water and you want that water to boil you know so you turn on the flame and then you stand there and then you think oh you know it's getting dark i should i should close the windows so you turn off the flame and you go over and you turn you know close all the blinds and then you go oh right the water so you go back and you turn it on and then you think, oh, you know, I should really send an email to Gil. Some, you know, turn off the water, go over to the computer, open it up, send an email, come back. Oh, yeah, the water. You turn it back on. You think, and you think of something else you need to do. And you, you know, is the water going to get hot? No. Because we keep turning it off and on. In order to, to uh, develop the heat of samadhi, we need this continuity, this continuous contact. Um, okay, this is from the Visuddhimagga uh, on uh, definition of samadhi. Its salient feature is the wholesome unification of the mind, free from the distraction, vacillation, and unsteadiness characterizing their normal operations. The mind in samadhi fixed firmly on its object, is like the flame of a candle shielded from the wind or a surface of a lake on which all the waves and ripples have been stilled. So this is the stillness. I want to say a few words about the difference between mindfulness and concentration because this is something that can be a little bit confusing at least it was for me I mean I think I was probably meditating for uh, maybe four or five years before I had any real interest in concentration or um, or sense that concentration itself might be something distinct from mindfulness. Um, so just to say, we usually emphasize mindfulness here. You know? and, and there's a lot of wisdom in doing that because for one thing, um, as my, if we just practice mindfulness and at, let mindfulness ripen, uh, samadhi develops, samadhi deepens. Um, the way I think about them are as their partners, mindfulness and concentration. They're, they're slightly different aspects of mind, but they need to work together. So mindfulness, you know, it, most simply, mindfulness is this knowing capacity of the mind. It's it's the um, it's the aspect of the mind that knows what's happening. That you know, you know, you know, and you know that you know. You're breathing in, and you know you're breathing in. You're breathing out, you know you're breathing out. You're about to cross the street, and you know that. You know, this is a knowing. So we all have mindfulness. We didn't have mindfulness, you know, we, we wouldn't last five minutes. Um, so, so, mindfulness is so natural it takes no effort at all. You know, it's like, if you think, just 
how much effort does it take to hear the bell and to know that you're hearing it? Um, So mindfulness itself takes no effort, but what takes effort is to remember to be mindful. You know, because we get so taken off in our thoughts and our, you know, our inner world and our, uh, you know, all the different ways that we lose that connection with what's happening. Um, So one of my teachers calls that stop and go mindfulness. You know, that's like the water. You know, that doesn't get, that doesn't get hot. Or if you're trying to make a fire, you know, when you st- if you stop, you, know, you, never, you never generate the friction if you just stop and go. So um, as our mindfulness practice matures and um, we become more and more able to string moments of mindfulness together, one after the other after the other, Moment to moment to moment to moment. Um, That's what samadhi is. Samadhi is just made up of continuous moments of mindfulness. You know, so it's like, are they two different things? Well, it depends how you think about them. Um, They partner together in that the, the samadhi, the concentration, is the stability. It's the boom. You know, the mind is here. It's staying here. It's not moving. It's the puppy. It's not going anywhere. It's here. And then the mindfulness is the factor that knows, that can see. So the example I like to use is like if you have a microscope and, you know, it could be the most expensive microscope at Stanford, but if it's strapped to the back of a dog, of a puppy that's moving around, you know, it's really hard to, to look through it, to see um, what's actually there. You know, but if you put it on a table, something that's steady, that's stable, then mindfulness can do its work. Um, Does anyone have any questions about that so far? That's really kind of... I wonder if it's paradoxical that kind of focusing on something, on one thing, can sort of open up the mind to be um, flexible with kind of many things, you know, accept, kind of be more accepting of the world. Um, I guess it's just a thought that occurred to me, just kind of the, the paradox of kind of focusing in on one thing, you know, can kind of train the mind to be more accepting of kind of, being more open to many things. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> something like that. Did everyone hear the question? It's um, is 
Yeah, no, that's a great observation. It's um, just a couple of thoughts. One is that um, there are, you know, so so the Buddha made a distinction between uh, right samadhi and and kind of wrong samadhi, <laughs> you know, and and what what I would say is that this sama samadhi, this right samadhi, or sometimes people call it complete samadhi, um, should, or it has the, uh, the aspect of, of, uh, of letting go and of opening us up. And it's a very dynamic state. But it is true that there are, there are ways of getting into samadhi that you know, can be very, very narrow. Those may have some benefits as well, but they, they also tend to, to lend themselves to more dissociation. You know, so it's like if you really, really narrow in like a laser beam, um, that tends not to be as, as helpful in everyday life as opposed to um, unifying, simplifying, but, but uh, keeping the mindfulness there. Um, and the other thing just to say is that this quality of acceptance is really important in concentration because concentration is, um, you could think of it as a um, deepening stages of letting go. So um, it takes a lot of mindfulness and a lot of letting go to, get to, to develop that samadhi. So it's like they really come up together. It's... Um, Thank you. I mean, before we start the the next meditation, just to um, one of the tricky, I think, one reason that for many years concentration practices, samadhi practices, weren't taught so much in this scene is that um, it requires a lot of sensitivity. I don't know if I'm <laughs> that sensitive, whatever. I hope, I, you know, I hope to present this in, in a way that is sensitive to um, the subtlety with something like this. Because um, I know from my own experience that it's very easy when you're given a certain practice to bring self into it, you know, and to get, you know, the wanting mind starts, oh, that would be good, and that would be good. And, you know, this kind of reaching out and, you know, for something. There's something to do, there's something to get. And, um, you know, so it's very easy to get tight around concentration practice, samadhi practice. Um, But in a way, that's good because it's all part of the learning. It's like, you know, we learn to calibrate our effort, if, they, if that makes sense. It's like, um, you know, there's one side of meditation that is receptive, that's receiving and allowing. 
You know, it's kind of like, you know, we just sit and accept everything exactly as it is and let things come and go and just sit in the middle of it. And there's another side that is, is more active, that's more, that's more applying a certain kind of effort. And, you know, and as I'll say in this meditation, it's like, um, you know, if our goal is to be with the breath and to stay with the breath, we just simplify everything and let go of everything that's not the breath. And then, of course, other things will come in and the skill is saying, oh, you know, oh, I've been lost in thought or, oh, I've been, um, you know, listening to the, the crickets or, you know. And then how to come back to the breath, you know, and how, you know, there's one way of coming back that's kind of like a, you know, like yank, yank the puppy back. And, and that's not so helpful, you know. I mean, you can, you can, you can, experiment with it. But, you know, is there a way that is soft, that's gentle, but that's persistent? You know, that's alert to, you know, it's like coming back, coming back, coming back. Um, so, so what I would like to suggest for this next meditation is to... Um, is to, is to uh, guide you in this uh, technique of working with the breath, which is called counting the breath. Um, how many of you have had some experience with counting the breath in meditation? So, okay, a number of you. Um, so this is a practice that is in some schools of meditation, some schools of Buddhism is offered to everyone, every beginner. Sometimes it's offered more as an advanced practice in some vipassana places. So, um, uh, the basic practice is to, uh, you, know, you know, first, you know, one thing to say with, with, with concentration practice, with samadhi practice, it's, it's especially helpful to be comfortable. You know, so if you lean to, you know, towards a kind of sitting through pain or not, you know, for the, for the purposes of this, to, f- to find some ease and to find some comfort uh, is considered especially helpful. Um, the, the reason for this, and, and this is something that surprised me when I first heard it, is that you know, according to the Buddha, the, uh, the the most important supportive condition for developing samadhi is happiness. So, a happy mind, a relaxed mind, a tranquil mind, is a mind that can develop samadhi. You know, this was totally shocking to me because my my instinct was okay, just. <laughs> bear down and, you know, and do it and focus. And, you know, so a happy mind, a relaxed mind is like, what? Um, but the more I 
meditate, the more I explore this territory, it's so true. And it's so, so um, ease, relaxation. So finding a comfortable posture. Um, and so the basic practice will be to, to work with the breath in wherever it is easiest for you to connect to it. The two classical places are at the tip of the nose or at the belly. Um, You can experiment. Personally, I recommend starting with the belly if that seems reasonably accessible. The nice thing about the belly is there's an immediate feedback loop with the physiology of the body because the belly uh, should be, you know, or ideally the belly is soft. You know, the belly is like a baby expanding and contracting. When the belly gets tight and tense, you immediately notice, you know, then you just relax it. And um, working at the tip of the nose, you don't get that necessarily that feedback, the relaxation feedback. Um, But you can play with it. But what I would say is for this sitting, choose one place. Um, so just you know, taking this comfortable posture, closing the eyes if that feels uh, comfortable. It can be helpful to take a few deep breaths. And just letting go of any, any tension, any holding. The shoulders. The face. Just letting, letting the body come into stillness. Connecting with as much ease as is available. just having this attitude of letting everything be exactly as it is. This attitude of non-conflict. No opposition.
all the windows and the doors are opened. Sensations will come, thoughts will come. And you're here. You're centered. Calm. Letting some sensations of the breath come into awareness. You may notice the air at the nostrils or the movement of the chest or the expansion of the soft belly. simplest way possible, just connecting to those sensations of the breath. practice of counting the breath can simplify experience even more. The classical way to do this is on each exhalation Exhalation is two, silently in the mind, three, we count up to ten and then once you reach 10, start at one again. As soon as you notice that you've lost track of the breath and lost the count, just very gently returning to one again.
seeing if you can bring some sense of ease to the breath. There may be some small way to adjust the breath that makes it a little more pleasant. Mind and body are unified on the breath. As soon as you notice you've lost count, no problem at all. Simply returning to one on the exhale. Seeing if you can tune into the rhythm of the breath. Gently riding on that rhythm.
enjoying this simplicity. Nothing else but the breath. giving yourself permission to be fully with the sensations of the breath. One of the things that uh, surprised me when I first did this exercise was um, how hard it was to get to ten. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to get to three. I mean, um, at least that was my experience. I mean, I'm, I'm curious of what you know. What did uh, what did you notice? Um, your body hurt. said it was very restless and your body hurt. Uh, thank you. I had the opposite experience, which was I got to 10 very easily. Mm. And then I started at 1 and I got to 10 and I kind of found myself in that overly focused uh, experience that you were describing almost to the point of I wasn't relaxed anymore. And then I had to consciously try and relax. Yeah, thank you. That's the the skill of concentration. The skill of samadhi is is that fine tuning, which is a great. Yeah. Uh, is it on? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Light is shining. Just uh, a comment about terminology. Um, I think concent- uh, I had difficulty with concentration as a name for our description of samadhi. Uh, wholesome unity of mind was a lot better for me. Right. And I think it's because in ordinary English, concentration implies effort. Hmm. Uh, um, yeah, I think that's the extent of my comment. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And um, I think I agree. I think there's something about concentration that lends itself to a kind of over-efforting. There is a certain kind of effort that's needed. Um, but it's almost like if you think about how our minds have this innate capacity to be absorbed into something. If you go to the movies, and I love, I mean, I haven't gone to the movies in a while with two young kids, but go to the movies, and I love looking around at other people because everyone's like, you know, so, it's like sucked into the screen, so absorbed. We've lost all situational awareness. I mean, it, it's so easy to do that. I mean, it's, so, you know, and with the right conditions. And this is, the kind of meditative absorption is, is not exactly that, but there's some, some element of similarity. There's some kind of letting go, of letting go into something. Um, and then there's a certain kind of effort that, you know, I mean, you, you know to, to count the breath, I mean, there's a certain, you know, of, of, of applying oneself in a certain way. Yeah, may I add to my comment? Uh, there, I wanted to say that in ordinary English, concentration also is focusing of the mind on something. In the exercise we did, we were focusing our attention on the breath. But that's, I think, isn't the... You know, I have done some breath-counting meditation in the past. Uh, and it seemed that after a while, fairly quickly that becomes fairly marginal to the consciousness, to my awareness, the, the breathing. I continue to count them. Um, sometimes I then stop counting, but then I am not then aware of other things. I am sort of in my mind, yeah. rather peacefully in my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's... So wholesome unity of mind is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Who else? Was it um, was it difficult? If you for for someone who doesn't usually count the breaths when you meditate, was this did it change your experience of the meditation? Was it difficult? Was it easy? Was it you know, some people like to have something to do. You know, in a way, I think I have that kind of, you know, I'm a doer. So you know, just give me something to do and I'll do it. It's, it's much harder for me to like, don't do anything. Um, some people, if you give them something to do, it's like, no, then, you know, you do it right, do it wrong. Is this, you know, it creates all kinds of difficulties. Um, 
Yeah, I don't often count it, but uh, it felt like a daunting level of like multitasking. I sorry, it got, it, well, like it got a bit overwhelming at some point. Yeah, I just tracking the counting and the breathing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it went like like a high level of multitasking for <laughs> me. Yeah. At some point, I was getting lost. And yeah, yeah. The, thank you. And this, it's a great thing to say is that you know the, the purpose of the counting is to simplify. Or experience. So if it feels overwhelming, if it feels too busy, then um, you know, notice that and see, is there a way that um, you know, so, so sometimes one of the ways I think about it is um, let the mindfulness, the sensation of, of the breath be 90% of of the mind, of awareness, and the counting is, is ten, 5 or 10%. You know, it's almost like a whisper in the mind. You know, it's like, one, two, you know. You know, it's like a drill sergeant or something. It's like, you know, it's really gentle, really gentle. And it's like, um, one reason it can be simplifying, not always, is that it gives the thinking mind something to do. You know, because the mind wants to think. And so, just to give the mind some activity, you know, it's like it occupies that same real estate that it would be, you know, thinking about, you know, what, you know whatever, anything else. So, um, you, you know, so you, you can play with it. Plenty busy by experimenting the sensations of the, the breath, but yeah. uh, counting became kind of a burden, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. myself using images instead of counting but naming the image like um, I don't know I just started this last night when I was doing my meditation practice when I was breathing out I would have an image of a mountain and I would say the word mountain and when I was breathing Mm. in I would think of the sky and say the word sky I don't know if with that... With each breath. Is, yes, with, with each breath. The same, the same words. Kind of. Well, like one breath would be mountain and the next breath would be sky. And, and then mountain, just, sky, mountain, yeah, sky. Yeah, and it just, yeah. it helped me to relax and concentrate more. Yeah, great. You know, um, so some people, you know, I... I suggest giving, you know, at least, you know, for the next week, giving the counting a chance, you know, you know, just kind of play with it. Some people never like it and never get into it. It can be very helpful to have a word, like a mantra or something that, um, you know, when I was starting to work with the rising and falling of the abdomen, sometimes I would simplify. I mean, sometimes they say rising and falling, and I never really got into that. But I like to say the word, Lifting and letting, like kind of lifting and letting 
letting it go or letting it, you know something you know so you can kind of you know if something you know speaks to you and it's the idea is to get into the rhythm of the breath something that helps you stay with the breath um, I'll talk about this a little bit more next week but there's a difference in almost like when we're when we're with the breath for concentration it's very helpful um, it's almost like reducing the breath it's to the same the same the same when you're doing vipassana you know it's like you're seeing change you're seeing differences you're seeing movement but this is almost like you know it's so it's like a word a mantra is very helpful you know so um, you know it, it can be so Thank you. One one last question. I, I find that um, just kind of jumping into a, you know focusing on the breath kind of meditation at night or something. If I've had a, a very busy day or very stressed out or thinking a lot about something, it's hard to to jump right into that and oftentimes I'll start with uh, counting the breaths or with a mantra with kind of loving kindness some phrases to kind of focus the mind a little bit and then I'm kind of able to you know I I can continue doing that or then I'm kind of able to let go and really just kind of bring it back to the core breathing if that's that's what I'm kind of wanting to do that night but I find with a very busy mind it's hard to start with just something that's kind of you might kind of say simple, but maybe <laughs> simple as the breath. You know, it's kind of hard to, for me to at least to stay focused on it and kind of yeah, yeah. starting with that, that that doing something at first and then kind of letting go of the doing yeah, to bring yeah. it back. That's what I found. <laughs> um, what I want to suggest, if you know, it's just a suggestion, but if um, if you're interested in this, to to try to, you know, at least for the next week, do a practice like this every day. You know, so like, you know, the same thing, that this kind of thing of like the continuity that generates the heat. Um, to sit for 15 or 30 minutes with the breath, counting the breath or, you know, with a mantra or something, it can be very, very helpful. Within just a week, you can notice a very big dif- difference in how you relate to the breath, the mind's ability to settle. You know, it's like a, a glass of tap water. And if you just let it, al- leave it alone and it's stillness, it, you know, something will settle. And there's something, you know, it's, it's very interesting. But if, if you're interested, if you're willing to do it, I suggest try it. You know, if you can for 30 minutes a day, it's great. You know, even 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night. But it's better to do it for 10 minutes every day than to do it just once for an hour. And then, you know, that continuity, just be with it. And then next week, um, you know, bring your questions. Say, you know, what did you experience? And what, you know, I'll, I'll just, you know, our time is up, but just to give a sense of my uh, plan for the next five weeks. So next week to talk a little bit more about um, this idea of continuity and 
there's this concept in um, the, the Buddhist teaching of connecting and sustaining. You know, it's like you connect to the breath and then you sustain. Sometimes it's called uh, touching and rubbing. And what is it, what is it like to uh, not only touch something like the breath, connect to it, but stay with it in a sustained way? And that's a different feeling. You know, it's a continuous contact. Um, then in uh, talk number three, I wanted to talk about some of the most common uh, obstacles and um, difficulties with concentration and how to work with those. And um, week four, to talk about the, the mental factors that start to build and uh, deepen once the samadhi gets hold. You know, and it's like one teacher explained it to me. It's like, it's like you're going up a hill and then you get, you get a certain amount of momentum and then it's like, you know. And um, the, the, the quality of the meditation is, or the quality of the effort is different. You know, it's like the snowball effect or something. And um, so that's, that's, that's fun. That's kind of interesting. And then, and then the final uh, class, week five, to talk about um, using samadhi for wisdom. You know, using samadhi. I mean, that's the reason that we do this practice is, you know, um, uh, samadhi is what supports uh, liberating insight to arise. And um, so, so, yeah, so that's, anyway, that's the map. <laughs> Thank you very much.